Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 in Edmonton, second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Still to come, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, who are 3-4-1 and one on the young season down in the American League. Find out uh, who some of the standouts are, how weekend action went, coming up again at 135. Got to tell you as well that you can get a hold of us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. That's 780-496-0063. And text us at 630-630 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Right now, pleased to be joined by Reed Wilkins. Reed Wilkins. Oh, we got a little bit of a delay. Oh, we got a little bit of a delay. Or a lot. Angie. uh, Hey, Brendan. Hi, Reed. uh, Hi, Reed. Yeah, let's uh, let's you get me? you guys yeah, to fix uh, that because uh, I can hear myself that, more than so, I can, hear, I can Reed. hear myself more than I can hear Reed. And in the meantime, I'll tell you that you can uh, go down and see the gang at Brent Ridge Ford in Watasco and get a no charge winter performance package on most cars, trucks, and SUVs, plus zero percent financing on Ford F one fifties and select SUVs. Brent Ridge, an eight time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. You can give them a call at one eight seven seven four seven seven three six seven or visit brentridge.com. We're going to do this the old-fashioned way. This might work a little better. Reed, pleased to be joined with you right here, right now on Oilers Now, my friend. How are you doing? Brendan, it's great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, uh, slow start to the game for Edmonton on Sunday. It typically is when they play that matinee affair. Ultimately not able to recoup enough. Uh, They got it within two. They got it close, and it looked like a late push was coming. And then the game was put on ice shortly thereafter. Not their best effort, uh, really, across the board, in my opinion. What do you think? Well, yeah, I think two of their last four games would be their two worst games of the year. Certainly, I guess two of their last three, uh, certainly the game yesterday and the game uh, a week ago against the Minnesota Wild. You mentioned a slow starting team, and, uh, you know, I was I was thinking, I believe they've only scored one first period goal in the last five games because they uh, they didn't have one yesterday. 
They had Nurse scored against Washington. They didn't have any goals at all against uh, Minnesota and uh, Winnipeg, and they didn't score in the first period against Detroit. Uh, they got their two goals in the second period. So they only have one first-period goal in their last five games. I just checked the stats here. They have scored nine first-period goals in 12 games. That's 20th in the league, so below average in terms of first-period production. Now, they're not giving up a ton in the first period. Um, they've given up 10 in the first period, and three are in that five-minute span against the Wild. But they haven't been, uh, I guess, you know, overall a great starting team this season, and, and especially over the last five games. So, you know, they've gotten out of some first period scoreless. You know, it was early in the second period yesterday that uh, that bit them. But, you know, they've been playing from behind too much. You know, they've shown a good ability to, to come back. And most of the time, they've only been down a goal. I mean, all those third period comebacks in the first two and a half weeks of the season, uh, you know, they were down a goal. So they were able to tie it and then and then win most of those games. Came back from two against Washington, had the full 20 minutes to do it. Full credit for how they played against the Capitals. I thought that was just an excellent hockey game all around. So, you know, the Oilers were able to, to make an extra play at the end to get the win. But ye- yesterday they just looked, it looked like their concentration was off, the attention to detail was off, and they looked very spread out. You know, I always watch for if a team's trying long passes when they're breaking out of their zone and low percentage passes and, and they don't have the puck support. I mean, the the goal uh, Chari got that made it 3 nothing. I mean, Ethan Bears got the puck being forced back in his own end with, with no one to get it to safely, and he finally threw it up the wall and it got picked off and Chari walks in and scores. So that was a pretty poor game last night. I, I think they know what they have to work on, and hopefully we see it tomorrow against the Wings. Well, that's the encouraging thing to me as well, is I don't get the sense that they're going to dwell on anything. It just doesn't seem like that's the type of regime that Dave Tippett is running there. It's, he wants to find the positives in every bad circumstance because this is a group that he's learning how they're working you know they're learning his systems all at the same time John Shannon made a really interesting point earlier in the show Reed that we might not have the full true identity of this team until the new year once we sort of have seen them go through some ups and downs and and obviously I look at the inflated special teams numbers the kind of goaltending that they have been getting until uh, yesterday of course and then I mean Connor and Leon are going to be Connor and Leon but how much of the success right now could be fools gold and are we seeing them just starting to come back down to where what they actually are capable of well look i mean when they started seven and one you i mean obviously they weren't going to keep that up you're not going to win 70 games and even now having won two-thirds of their games eight out of 12 that's not something any team is likely to do over the i guess you know tampa bay did won three quarters of their games last year but that's that's pretty rare i i what i want to watch for with you first of all like i still I still think it's a good burst to put those points in the bank. If, if your power play can be as hot as it was for the first seven or eight games and help you win some games, that that's how that's what you got to do. You got to have these bursts from players or from units of players, whether it's special teams or lines, that that are excellent. That's that's what helps you get into the playoffs. What I what I really want to watch for here is, yeah, how the journey unfolds and how they handle. The, the bad times they they had the two they had the back-to-back games they were shut out and then they came out against Washington and toughed it out and stayed in it and won the game okay so you stopped the losing streak at two and as Dave Tippett said even one of the games they were shut out they got a point so, so you know it wasn't a, a regulation loss and now they've played another bad game against Florida so now what happens in this set of three is can you come out here and get three or four points and say okay we didn't win every game but 
we got some more points in the point column and, and banked a couple more, or is this going to come out and be a road trip where they get zero or one and they're giving back the good start? That, that's what I really watched for. When they made the playoffs in 16-17, you know, they started 7-1. and one, uh, Then, the, you know, they had that shutout loss where uh, Anderson came in and that was a big story. So, you know, they were 7-2. and two, And then in November... They had a five-game losing streak. They didn't even get a point, and they were back down to just a game over 500. And it looked like, oh no, how's it going to go? And then, you know, then they recovered. They chipped away. They had a, you know, they had a decent December where they only had two regulation losses that year. So that's what I look for: is is the recovery to this, and and when it goes bad, you know, how how bad is it going to be? Like, you know, you can you can be a competitive team and and make the playoffs or or put yourself close to a playoff spot in March, which I think is the ultimate goal for this team. They're certainly not going to run away and hide from the division, but if you, you can, you can survive a 10 game stretch where you go four, four and two, right. Or, or, you know, or, you know, five, three and two or whatever, but you, you can't have a 10 game stretch where you go two and eight or two, seven and one. That's just giving back any good run you have. So that's, that's the challenge ahead here with the road trip coming up. I, I think if they can go 500 on this road trip and, and stay in games and play well, you think, okay, you know, they're handling it. They're, they're, they're figuring it out. But if this is a road trip where, you know, they get wiped out or get zero points or one point, you know, then there's more cause for concern, I think. We've got uh, the host of Inside Sports here on 630 Chat as well as uh, the City Ford Faceoff Show and Overtime Open Line. It's Reed Wilkins here on Oilers Now. Brendan Escott with you today. Uh, Reed, what encouraged me a lot about those few wins that they did have, and of course they just suffered their first loss on home ice, but in the dressing room afterwards and just hearing the way that they talk in the media, Listen, I know that hockey players aren't typically the most emotionally expressive people anyway, but they didn't ever seem to be too high on themselves. I get a real sense of of humbleness, even out of the top producers on this team in terms of the, the on-ice performance. So I think it's really important for this group not to get too high, but last year they got too low and they stayed there. And we'll see how things go on this road trip, but I don't think that they're as vulnerable to that sort of thing as they might have been in the past. Is that fair to say? Well... I, I mean, they have a new coach, and, and I think he's, you know, when you have a new coach, you, you get to know him and, and the attitude he brings. I think that has helped. I think the goaltenders have, have helped because they've made a lot of big saves at key times to keep them in games. Koskinen's obviously very understated and, and uh, you know, seems relatively reserved. Smith is maybe a little bit more of an, an, on, an outgoing personality, but, but I think just that the fact that he's – He's older, and I like that one interview where he said, "You know, we well, we gave up a goal, like big deal, like this happens all the time. Let's go get it back." So, and and I think like last year was such an exhausting year because of the coaching change and the losing streaks, and then they had that good little burst in February and March and and made up no points. You know, they went seven two and two and got no closer to a playoff spot. And then clearly, the last couple weeks last year, they were they were just you know, down and out and, and knew it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think even though there's still flaws on the roster and they're not getting contributions from the bottom six, I think they recognize, you know, they, they do have a better team. They do have a more experienced team. So I think that kind of adds to the to the overall attitude and that it, they're in this for, for a long process as opposed to, as opposed to, oh yeah, well, we lost and now we're just going to keep losing because we know we're not good enough. So, you know, I, I think that, they they appear to be again. You know, we're not in the room when it's just them, and and you can't get into their heads. They they appear to be uh, more resilient 
than in recent years. I, and again, I think that's because they've added some ex- added some experience, and and they have a they have a new coach that they're getting to know. Yeah, I don't think we can understate what Smith and Neal have meant off the ice just as much as what they've been doing on the ice. So they get Detroit. I think they should be a motivated group on the road back in Ken Holland's old stomping grounds. I think they'll want to win for this team. And as Bob alluded to a little earlier on, they've got a lot of pending unrestricted free agents on this team as well, looking to make an impression on a GM. So uh, going against a group in Detroit that's lost eight in a row, you know they're going to come out with some some fire in their belly, but the Oilers should have every reason to match that intensity. And I think think this is a good chance for them to ride the ship in a hurry well two teams that should be pretty agitated uh, you know the Oilers only have one win in their last four and in Detroit's I mean they've been doing awful obviously there's no other way to say it and I'm sure Ken Holland's not on the ice but I'm sure there will be a little bit of hype around that game with him going back into Detroit and he you know drafted or signed a lot of those players currently on the on the Red Wings but but I think for the Oilers just just get back at it just don't let that game linger. Like we put it, put it behind you. Come out immediately and prove to yourselves that that's not who you are. Is on Sunday afternoon. You know, Detroit's not having a good. And then this is this is another thing. You know what what a good what do good teams do? Well, good teams, a like I was saying earlier, they limit the damage. If they have a rough spell, they get out of it quickly, or or they still bank points. And when good teams are playing an opponent that's down and out, they they take advantage of it. I mean, there was a lot of talk about the Oilers' schedule in October, and, and I get it. I mean, they weren't playing a lot of Central Division powerhouses or, or you know, the Penguins or Tampa Bay, but they, they took advantage. They, they have taken advantage of it for the most part. So if you got a team like Detroit that is down and out, don't give them any life. Go out and say, well, you've lost eight in a row. Guess what? We're going to make it nine because we believe we're better than you. So that's that's another thing. You know, don't, don't have extended losing streaks and and win the games you should win go out and assert yourself well and that's a good point to make because i was just going to say like pittsburgh to me is the game that they had better be concerned about the good team i know they're injury plagued right now but it sounds like malkin might be closer than we think to a return there it is the early start on saturday they got two things to take care of first in the back-to-back but if you don't get points out of detroit you're going to be real hard pressed to get them out of pittsburgh right now so it seems like you got to take care of business out of the gate yeah, I think so, and I'm curious to see who the goaltender will be. I got, I think it'll be Koskinen. I think that I mean that was probably obviously the the plan, and I and I would think even though he played over half the game, I, I think they probably. I mean, he's been the better goalie this year. Smith has had some good games. On the whole, though, Koskinen has been been better, and I know a couple of goals. You might say, well, Smith didn't allow because of his goaltending. He allowed because of his puck handling. Well, that's part of his game, and he still allowed them. You know, Kostadin has been better, and he did as much as he could yesterday to, to keep it 3 nothing in the second period and at least give the Oilers a, a glimmer of hope going to the third, though. Then there was the goal early in the in the period. So I, I think I, I think it's going to be Kostadin tomorrow and then Smith on Wednesday against Columbus. Chatting with Reed Wilkins from 630 Chad here on the uh, River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. It's Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. Reed, uh, let's shift to Eskimos. It was an interesting one on Saturday night. I'll tell you what it was for sure, and that was damn cold down on the sidelines. <laughs> well, minus 13 with the wind chill most of the night. The Eskimos came out hot. A couple touchdowns early for Calvin McCarty, of all people, and then uh, the run game of Saskatchewan really took things over. But uh, give me your give me your Coles notes. I think you were there, right? 
Yeah, I was there. I mean, it was it was an exciting game. I thought it was a pretty well played game overall. I mean, both teams made mistakes uh, at times, but there were there were a lot of good plays and a lot of positive plays. But for the Eskimos, it's kind of a microcosm of their season. Started well and then and then can't finish. And it's been a it's been a theme for the Eskimos the last couple of years that you know, like I was talking about earlier with with hockey teams, they can't limit the damage when, when another team asserts itself and and takes control of the game a little bit, it really spins out of control. I mean, Edmonton's outscored 14 nothing in the second quarter, or in the, in the third quarter. And you look at that, well, even if they'd been outscored 10 nothing or or 14-3 or 14-6, they, they win the game. Like, they, they would have had enough to, to win the game. So, I mean, they went from having a 10-point lead and then you're you're down seven late in the game. Full credit that they that they tied it up, but the response took way too long. And and we've seen that over and over with the Eskimos. They can't trade punches with a team. If another team gets the the edge in the game, there's there's not a lot of quick response by the Eskimos. And and that's been that's been going on for a while. So that that concerns me. I mean, it was. I guess a meaningless, you know, not meaningless to the Riders. I mean, they they brought it, and then they're going to have a chance to clinch first in the rematch on Saturday. I thought Harris played well. A couple picks, I'm sure he wants back. I, I like that. You know, we haven't seen a lot of wrinkles from Jason Moss and his offense. It's been pretty stubborn with the play calling and the play design. So I'd like that they did something different on short yardage and going to McCarty. I hope there's more of that that's going to be revealed here next weekend in the postseason. One more game for them to, or for Trevor Harris specifically, to knock off the rust after missing basically five games there. It comes on this week on the road in Saskatchewan. Reed, appreciate all your insight, my friend. We'll see you in a bit here. Yes, yep. That is Reed Wilkins here from 630 Chad Brendan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Scott in the big chair on Oilers now right now. We'll step aside, come back with the James H. Brown injury report when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Appreciate you tuning in. Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. Bob in the air on the way to Detroit. The Oilers and Red Wings tomorrow, right here on 6.30, Chad. 4 o'clock for the City Ford Faceoff Show. 5.30 puck drop in Ken Holland's old stomping grounds. It sounds like they do have some sort of a video tribute, as they well should, after the run that he had there. So uh, hopefully that puts a little bit of spark into the orange and blue. Uh, They might need it because it hasn't been easy to get going out of the gate for this group uh, this season. It's nice when you have the big guns who can come in late in the game and steal them, but you shouldn't be stealing them every game. 
go to the James H. Brown Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Well, big loss for the defending cup champs as St. Louis, Vladimir Tarasenko will have shoulder surgery and will be reevaluated in five months. That is a monumental loss. Perennial 30 goal scorer on the wing there in St. Louis so their quest to repeat just got a lot more difficult. Blue Jackets rookie forward Alexander Texier is the expected to miss two to four weeks with a knee injury and defenseman Ryan Murray, former second overall pick, will miss three to four weeks with a broken hand. Both injuries happened against Philadelphia on Saturday. Rangers star Mika Zibanejad took a huge hit in yesterday's game, left early. His status for tomorrow against Tampa remains unclear. I kind of alluded to it. Good news out of Pittsburgh. It sounds like Evgeny Malkin skated today for the first time since suffering a lower body injury more than three weeks ago. He has missed the last 10 games and was originally ruled out, quote, for a long stretch, but it sounds like he's getting pretty close to returning there. In Detroit, Justin Abdelkader questionable for tomorrow after missing the last two games with a leg injury. Adam Ernie has been on the IR with an upper body injury. is also questionable. Defenseman Danny DeKaiser and Luke, uh, forward Luke Glendening were both placed on IR late last week. DeKaiser with an ankle and Glendening with a hand. For the Oilers, uh, Josh Archibald out two to four weeks with a broken foot. Suffered against Minnesota. Still waiting to hear on Joel Pearson and how he is recovering from that concussion he suffered. He has been skating with the team. Joe Kim Nygaard remains sidelined with those injured ribs and Larson of course recovering from his broken leg. Uh, right off the top of the show here, this text came in. Bob, here we go. Bombs, bombs, bombs. What a pathetic effort. At least the players waited two years before quitting on the last coach. Please just trade or get rid of Jujar Kara. The bottom six is frightful and pathetic. Well, I'll tell you what, Texter, I hope you feel better after submitting all that. Uh, I don't think the effort was pathetic, in my opinion. Um, I will agree with you that Jujar needs to get going, though. I think most in this market would. Brock from BL says, What are my thoughts on Marcus Granlund? Haven't been too impressed myself with his attention to detail and disinterest in the game. Would they consider bringing up Yamamoto to bring some life and speed into the third and fourth lines? Uh, Granlund, to me, was definitely brought here primarily as a penalty killer, which he has been effective in doing. Uh, the rest of his game, I haven't loved. Simply put, he's another one of those guys that needs to get going. He was brought in to do more than just kill penalties. I think if he's going to get up to double-digit goals, he's got to get going in that department. But you can say the same for the rest of the guys that are playing down there. And if you want to blow it up to just five-on-five, five, it's the top nine. Neil, Nuge, Chase on on that second line. They need it too. You guys have been texting in at 6.30, 6.30 to make that very well known. And you're absolutely right as far as my opinion goes. All right, creeping up on the news break here. We'll get a global news weather traffic update from Eileen Bell. When we come back, we'll go to the minor leagues. We'll check in with head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, Jay Woodcoff. Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.